Well, good morning again. Merry Christmas. Uh, for those of you that are on campus here with us, you can see things are a little different this morning. Those of you that are online, uh, I'm going to do my best to make this interactive with you guys. Uh, so I'm going to ask that everyone, whether you're here in person or you're at home, would you be willing to do me a favor and interact a little bit more on Facebook or, yeah, on Facebook. Let's go with Facebook. Um, would you go ahead and say Merry Christmas to three people online? So find some people online that are watching with you and give them a shout out. Even if they're not online with you, maybe tag them in your uh, post of Merry Christmas. Uh, but let's just say Merry Christmas to three different people. Uh, we used to do that where we gave three hugs in the sanctuary. So uh, let's do that really quick. Say Merry Christmas on your device. Uh, you can do it in person as well here. So after you've done that, I'm going to ask you just to keep being interactive with us. My hope and plan is that uh, those of you that are here in person, you all have a handout and you get to fill in the blanks on some sermons here. Uh, if all things go well, then the rest of you online, uh, you should have gotten something earlier in the week where you could print that out. If not, there's a link uh, in the feed where you can click on that link and you will get a copy of uh, our sermon notes for today. And I left some of them blank on purpose because I want you to fill them out. Uh, and so I'll let you know, uh, again, I'm looking for interactive. There is no cheating on this. If you um, don't have the uh, fill in the blanks, but you know what I'm asking, you can comment and share that on the live feed and give all the answers away. That is great. Share your answers with everybody. I'm looking for interaction. But I will let you know, everyone that fills this out, who fills out my entire um, sermon notes with every single blank and you post it back on this feed um, and you let me know that you did that. Again, you can't do it live, but you can take a picture once this is posted and it's actually produced. You can go back on Facebook and you can take a picture and send that or you can email it to me. But however you get that to me, if you, you got three days until Wednesday. If you can submit to me that you took notes and you filled in every blank, I've got a prize for you. I've got a gift for you in the Christmas season. We like to give gifts. I've got a gift for you. So let me know that you filled out all the answers. So my kids, you guys can do this as well. You can fill out all the blanks and uh, you get an extra gift from dad this year. So um, yeah, fill out the blanks and be interacting with us and share those so that my kids, if they're not paying attention, they can go back later and see all the answers that you guys are posting. Um, so here we go. This morning's message is titled, Christ in you, Christ in you. So that's the, uh, this morning's message. And I am going to pray again. And here's one of your fill in the blanks already. Uh, maybe it was just an open line there for you guys. But I want you to comment in the live feed or on the piece of paper. If you could comment something that your pastor maybe usually or normally prays on Sunday morning. Maybe a phrase, a Bible verse that you often hear me pray. Throw that in the comment line and let me know that you're paying attention, that I keep saying the same thing over again, that I pray way too long. Uh, let me know what I keep praying. I want to hear feedback from you guys. So let me do that as I'm praying. You guys can fill in the blanks and give me a comment as we do that. But let's pray over this morning's message. God, I thank you that you have a good word for us this morning. God, I pray that each one of us would be on the edge of our seat, not just for a gift uh, that our pastor is going to give us, but God, a word from you, a fresh rhema word. We want to live by every word that proceeds from your mouth. And so, God, I just pray that you would help me, that you would anoint me, that you would open up all of our ears to hear what your spirit has to say. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. I think I prayed some things I normally do. So if you didn't know, you can maybe ca capture some of that prayer and throw that in there. Um, so just giving you lots of feedback. The more feedback, the better this morning. Uh, so again, Christ in you is the this, uh, title of this morning's message. We are going to be looking at Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. 
If you were with me here two weeks ago, we read some of this already. This is the account of Gabriel appearing to Mary and letting her know that she is going to be pregnant by the Holy Spirit and it's going to be the Messiah. It's going to be the Savior. And she's like, what? How is that going to happen? But she says, let it be done to me, right? And so I'm not going to read every single verse in there. We're going to highlight a few. Uh, We read through this whole story two Sundays ago. You can read it on your own. It's the Christmas story. Um, Again, I read Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 1, to my kids every single Christmas morning. So two days ago, I sat on the couch with my family and read Luke chapter 2, but this morning with you, we are in Luke chapter 1. And uh, it goes like this, the very first point for us, Christ in you, my first point, I got three points this morning. The first point is um, Christ in you begins with favor, begins with favor. So that's probably one of your first fill in the blanks there. Uh, Christ in you begins with favor. We're looking at verse specifically, why we're talking about this is in, oh, I should have it here in my notes somewhere. In verse 28, it says this, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. So again, we're talking about how Mary, Gabriel is there telling Mary, you are highly favored. You are blessed among all the other women. Man, God chose you and picked you and God is with you. And so God is just singling out Mary and saying, man, you are so highly favored. Why am I bringing it up? Because I believe throughout this rest of this message, we're going to be finding that Mary is kind of like a prototype or the first forerunner of our relationship with Christ. Christ was born in Mary, right? Christ came inside of Mary. The son of God left heaven and came to earth and made his home inside of a woman. And that I'm gonna find that that's a prototype, that Jesus still wants to live inside of you and I today. Christ in you, that's the title of this morning's message. Christ in Mary, Christ in you. And it begins with favor. Before Mary was impregnated by the Holy Spirit, she had to hear these words. You are highly favored. God has chosen you. You are his favorite, maybe you could put it in there. As your pastor says all the time, I know I hear the Lord say that to me, maybe in a different way, but I've heard the Lord appear to me in my quiet time and I hear these similar words. Ryan, you're my favorite. And I get it. Tons of people have pointed to me several times. There is a scripture and there is a a verse in, in the Bible that says God has no favorites. I believe, I believe all of God's word. But here, right here, it says that Mary was his favorite. So which one is it? Yes, It's both. I get it. Just like I have four kids, I can't say one of those four is my favorite, but I will say Benjamin is my favorite Benjamin, right? Ezra is my favorite Ezra. Noel is my favorite daughter because I only have one, right? All these things that they're all my favorites, that Joshua is my favorite second born. They're all my favorites, but yet I have no favorites, right? It's the same thing with God. God has no favorites. I agree with that. At the same time, scripture points out this morning that Mary was his favorite. He picked her among all the women. He picked her. Before she could be impregnated, before Christ could live in her, she had to receive the word of the Lord, that she was his favorite. I'm telling you, before Christ can live in you, you have to believe that you were chosen, right? That we are predestined. That's another word in scripture. That God chose you, that you are his favorite, that he thinks about you all day long. That before he laid the foundations of the earth, he knew you. He had a plan for your life, that he he desires to live inside of you. And so that's part of sometimes people have a hard time um, coming to Christ or putting their faith in Christ, but this is the beginning. The beginning of having Christ live inside of you or him living his life in you or you living inside of Christ is receiving the fact that it's this free gift that God, you did nothing to earn it. It's just his favor is on you. And so there's this word, again, fill out your blanks. There's this Greek word that tells us what this word favor means. 
Um, it is charitou. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but it means to pursue with grace. Pursue with grace. To be highly favored by God is to be pursued with grace. Think about that. God is pursuing you with grace. He's actively looking for ways to pour out grace on you, to pour out his favor on you. Uh, we've been singing this song all last year, um, right? Uh, the Blessing, one of my, fav- my kids' favorite songs. Uh, the Lord bless you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you. The Lord be gracious to you, right? It's the, the Lord has his favor on you. May his favor be on you. And we get this from, let me find the verse, the reference here. It comes from Numbers 6.26. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace, right? Uh, Some other verses here throughout scripture. So I'm not making this up. Even the Old Testament, Numbers, another one from Psalm 30, chapter 30, verse five. Some of us know this. If you grew up in the church, you've heard this verse. His anger lasts for only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may last through the night, but joy comes with the morning. This is true. This is how God operates that his, his anger is aroused. God does get angry. God is a just God. All of your sins, they need to be paid. There is, there is a payment that needs to be paid for all the sins that you commit. So when you say, I'm not worthy of God's favor, that is a true statement. None of us are worthy of God's favor. We can't earn it. It's a gift. And God's anger has to be satisfied. And we sing this song sometimes, right? The wrath of God was satisfied. How? Through Christ. Jesus on the cross, Jesus leaving heaven, coming to earth with the whole purpose of dying for us on the cross so that he could take on our sins and the punishment or the penalty or the payment of our sins was paid in full. And so you and I, we can live with the grace or with the favor of God where his favor is, is just pursuing us. His grace is on us and we can't earn it. We don't deserve it. It's just on us. But you have to receive it just like a gift, right? You maybe have heard this several times that I can have a gift for my kids and I can wrap it and I can be excited, but until they receive it, it's not theirs. I bought it. It was with them in mind that I want them to have it, but it's not until they receive it out of my hands and open it up and take it as their own that it becomes theirs. It's the same thing with favor and the grace of God. God is pursuing you with favor. You may not feel it. We may not understand it. It might not make sense. It doesn't matter. The truth is, according to God's word, Christ in you begins with favor. It begins with you receiving the free gift of God, the favor of God. And so I just want all of us in this Christmas season to recognize we're like Mary. Mary, maybe she was highly favored. She was chosen. But the reality is she still wasn't worthy to have the Messiah, that God's son, live inside of her. None, no one was worthy of that. You and I were not worthy to have Christ inside of us. But because of what Christ has done on the cross, his, our sins are forgiven. And he says we are worthy. He says that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So there's this amazing fact that we're talking about Christ in you. It all begins with favor. Some of, I, I tell you, I know I've said this for the last seven to eight years uh, from the pulpit, that I'm God's favorite. I've gotten some flack from that. I've heard some people that don't like me saying that. To me, I'm just trying to reinforce my statement. I am God's favorite, but so are you. And you can't have Christ in you if you aren't going to receive that truth, that you are highly favored. Just reading that verse again to you. Um, highly favored one, the Lord is with you and blessed are you. Can you receive those words this Christmas morning, right? Two days after Christmas. Can you receive those words from the Lord? You are highly favored. The Lord is with you and for you. 
and you are blessed among all people. I, I can hear testimonies of lots of people. I, I knew I, I grew up in a good godly home. I grew up in this church. I had a lot of blessings, a lot of good things going for me. I know not all of us have that same background. But I've heard so many times that people know that even when they were not walking with Christ, the day they came to Christ, they could look back in their life and they could say, oh my goodness, I can see God's hand of favor where he spared my life, where I was just in sin and I was just rebelling and God's hand of favor, he never left me. Even when I was rebelling, he was with me and he was for me. So I'm praying that no matter where you're at, no matter where you're at in life, this truth is for all of us. He is with you, he is for you, you are blessed no matter what. No matter what this past year held, 2020, people that you loved passed away. There's all kinds of things that can go wrong, but the truth is you are highly favored. The Lord is with you and you are blessed among all people. That is the truth. And I want you to receive that this morning. So the beginning of Christ in you comes from favor, receiving the favor of the Lord. Second point. So we're moving along. This can be a, I'm doing my best to make this a faster sermon this morning. Uh, so you can keep notes and stay awake. Second point. Christ in you brings fullness. Christ in you brings fullness. We're going to look at verse 35. It says this. Gabriel says to Mary, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you so that the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. So there's this, there's this truth that is being spoken to Mary. She's like, I don't understand. How can I become pregnant? I, I've never been with a man. I, I don't know how this happens. And so Gabriel's telling her, all right, I know you are not capable of doing this on your own, but the Holy Spirit is going to overshadow you and he's going to fill you and you are going to be filled with the Spirit of God. And as you are filled with the Spirit of God, you are going to conceive Christ in you. Christ in you. I, I didn't read this verse to, to, begin, off the, uh, begin, to begin my message this morning, um, but in Colossians, let me give you the reference. In Colossians, let me find it. Do, do, do. Colossians 1.27. Um, Paul is talking um, to the Colossians and he's saying, all right, this gospel that I've been trying to preach to you, it's been a mystery throughout the ages, but I'm revealing it to you. And the good news of the gospel is that Christ in you is the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. And so Christ in you is the gospel that he wants to fill you, right? That Mary, she was filled with the Holy Spirit, overshadowed the Holy Spirit, and, and Christ was conceived in her. And that Jesus came and filled her life, physically, right? Filled her womb. But you and I, that's the good news of the gospel. As Mary's this prototype, you and I, we can be filled with Christ, that Jesus can live inside of us, right? I love that Paul uses these wordings all throughout his, his um, epistles, right? That for me to die is gain, for me to live is Christ, right? All these different things where it's just about Christ, that Christ in me is this hope of glory, this idea that it's not just my life, that when I receive the favor of God and Christ is born in me, it's no longer I who live. It's no longer me living out my own desires. I actually want to please the Father. I actually want to live just like Jesus lived. I'm conformed into his image, right? That I am a Christian or a, a little Christ. I'm someone who looks like Christ. I'm someone who thinks like Christ. I'm someone who acts like Christ. This idea that you and I, we can have Christ being born in us, lived in us, coming out of us and all that we do and say. And so I love this reference that um, the angel is telling Mary, you have to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I love this reference because again, it's referencing what I say all the time as your pastor. My goal is not just to get you a ticket to heaven. 
My goal is not for you just to receive the grace or the favor of the gift of salvation. I want you to be filled with the fullness of His Spirit, to be filled with Christ, that it's no longer you who are living, that it's just Christ in you. In fact, there's this great verse I want to read to you um, talking about the fullness of Christ. It says this. Mm-mm-mm. Ephesians 3.19 To know the love of Christ or to be in Christ, to be in relationship with God, to to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Let that sink in for a second. So it's not just that you get the favor of God so that he forgives you your sins that one day you can go to heaven. What Paul is saying to the Ephesians now, he's saying, no, you can be filled with the fullness of God. Let that sink in for a second because that... It surpasses my understanding. The fullness of God, the everlasting Father, the God of all creation, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the fullness of who God is lives and dwells in you and me, according to Scripture. I don't fully comprehend that, but it's the truth of Scripture. So again, when I read God's Word, I can either take my experience and bring God's Word down to my experience Or I can take my experience and say, okay, here's God's word. My experience doesn't match that. So one thing has to be let go of. I have to grab onto God's word. And my experience has to be rejected. The reality is I don't fully experience in my life the fullness of God. But he's saying, scripture is saying that the fullness of God does live inside of me. It's in me. I don't just get a small measure of Jesus, right? When you come to Christ, I love this. It doesn't matter. Even my kids, when they came to Christ at four or five years old, They didn't get a baby form of Jesus. They didn't get just a a 50% of the Holy Spirit. No, they get the fullness of God. It doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter if you've been walking with Christ for 70 years or you give your life to Christ today. We all get the fullness of God living in us. And so there's this idea that the fullness, when Christ lives in you, he brings fullness. There's so many verses I I wanted to highlight in this, but I'm gonna bring just a couple more here. Um, Galatians 4.4 says this, When the fullness of time had come, highlighting all these words of fullness, when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth his spirit, the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. So there's this fullness of time that was fulfilled that Christ came here on earth. He was saying, all right, things have to be fulfilled. And when that all gets fulfilled and it's full, all right, Christ came to earth. And then he's saying, all right, when Christ came to the earth, then his spirit filled you. And now you get to cry out, Abba, Father, you are adopted with the full authority as a son of God. I've said this several times from C.S. Lewis. Maybe it's one of their fill in the blanks here. It says this, right? That the son of God became a son of man so that sons of men can become sons of God. And I want you to write that out because that's important. That's an important truth here that we don't get just part of the inheritance of Christ. It says that we are adopted and we get the full inheritance of Jesus Christ. That the Son of God, the only begotten Son, there was only one Son up in in heaven, right? Before the beginning of time, there was the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And everything belonged to them. And then they created everything. It still all belonged to them. And then Jesus, the Son of God, became a Son of Man. So that sons of men, you and I, could become sons of God. And we aren't just, again, these half-sons. We're not stepsons. We're not half-sons. We are fully adopted just as Jesus. Everything that belongs to Jesus belongs to you and me. We get the full inheritance. 
This is crazy. I, I know this doesn't make sense in my logical mind, but it's the truth of God's word. When Christ is in you, you get the fullness, the fullness of who God is. I love this. There's another scripture that points this out. Um, Psalm 34, 10 says this. Even the strong and the wealthy grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Or in other ways, they have everything. They are full of all that they need. If you are seeking the Lord, if Christ is in you, you are full of hope, right? Christ in you, the hope of glory. You are full of peace. When the rest of the world is at chaos and in fear and anxiety, you can have the fullness of the peace of Jesus. Jesus even said, that. he says, I leave you my peace, not as the world leaves, but my peace, which is perfect. His perfect peace, which surpasses all understanding, can guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. There's the fullness of God's peace that is yours and mine when Christ is in us. The fullness of his joy, right? Doesn't matter what situation you're going through. Even Jesus, it says when he went to the cross, he endured, right, for the joy that was set before him. I've heard this, another pastor say this, that in heaven, the economy in heaven, that, that joy is the currency of heaven. What does that mean? Like joy, like currency here is like the dollar bill, right? Or whatever it is that you use to buy things. That joy in heaven, there is this joy. In the presence of God is fullness of joy. There's this fullness. You and I, we can have the fullness of joy even here on earth. We don't have to wait to get to heaven one day. That you and I, no matter what situation we're in, we can have the fullness of Jesus's joy, right? Because that's who we, you and I are. We are the joy that was set before him, that he endured the cross. You are his joy. And so his joy is made complete when you are in him and he is in you, right? So there's all these good verses that talk about the fullness. Um, let's see. So just correlating the other two. His favor is on you so that his fullness can be in you. That might be another fill in the blank if you're paying attention, right? His favor is on you so that his fullness can be in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. All right, third point, here we go. So we talked about how when you are in Christ and when Christ is in you, Christ in you, the beginning is favor and it involves or it brings fullness. Now our last point, Christ in you requires faith. So there finally is something on our part, right? We can't earn favor. We can't do anything to deserve the fullness of Christ. But there is something in relationship, in partnership with Christ. He's saying it requires faith. And we're going to tie it back to Mary. Again, our prototype in this passage. In verse 38, what is Mary's reply to all these words, Lord? All of this favor, all of this goodness that, that is being promised to her. This is her response in verse 38. I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled right? There has to be a response. As I'm talking about the grace of God, it's a free gift, but right, salvation, right? It comes by grace through faith. Not by works, that's any man boast, but there is something about faith. There's something about believing. Jesus says that any man that believes in his heart and confesses with his mouth that Jesus is Lord will be saved. It's not enough just to have the favor of God. God can save and do whatever he wants, but he says he wants partnership. He wants relationship. He wants sons and daughters, and with that, there has to be an interaction. And so he's saying, all right, I can make robots that just love me. But he doesn't want that. He wants you to choose him. And so there is this faith is choosing. It's something where it's, it's an active. It's not just saying, all right, I believe in my heart. I also have to confess with my mouth. 
that love is a verb, right? Jesus said in the last couple days with his disciples, if you love me, you'll obey me. There's something about moving forward of action, right? James chapter 2 talks about faith without works is dead, right? So there is something about all this favor, all this fullness that God is pursuing you with all these things, but you're not going to receive it unless it's by faith. You have to receive it by faith. And there's action behind that. And so I just, I want us to hear that, that Mary, I love this story. If you keep reading the rest of the story, as soon as the angel leaves, what's the very next thing that Mary does? She runs to tell her parents. She falls on her face and prays. I don't know, but it, the next verse says that she ran to go see Elizabeth, her aunt, who was already six months pregnant. She was in her old age. I'm just putting two and two together. I think Mary gleaned things from Elizabeth. I think that happened. But I think more than Mary gleaning things from Elizabeth in her old age, Mary was there to serve. This old lady was six months pregnant. She couldn't get around and cook and clean and do the things. She might have been bedridden, right? And her husband couldn't talk, right? So Mary is there to go serve. She hears all this favor, all this blessing. The fullness of God is now living inside her. She is just now conceived by the Holy Spirit. The Messiah is inside of her. And she's inspired to get up and go serve to go do. It's not all self-absorbed focused, right? The idea is, I get it. That's why people don't like me saying I'm God's favorite because it sounds like I'm being self-centered. But the reality is, if you hear those words, you're propelled into action. I might sound so glorious that I hear God say I'm his favorite, but can I tell you that whom to much is given, much is required. When I hear those words, when I'm in intimacy with the Lord and I hear those words, oh, and I just, I feel like I'm so loved and I have all this grace and all this favor in my life, then there comes this fear and trembling because I know, oh Lord, I'm not supposed to be a dead sea where I just receive and there's no outlet. That means you're requiring something of me. All this that you've invested in me, I've got to go multiply your investment. And I shared with you guys before, there's been times in my life where I've been so overwhelmed with the blessing and the favor of God, where I'm being honest, there's been times where I told God to stop. God, just stop blessing me because it's freaking me out. All the things that you're making, that I have to go do with this. I don't know how to manage all your blessing and favor. Just stop blessing me. I'm just being honest and real with you. That might sound like a silly thing, but I understand what it means to actually receive the favor and the goodness of God. It propels you to go do something with it. And so I'm challenging you this Christmas season, right? Receive all the goodness, all the favor, all the fullness of God, but then go and do. Go tell it on a mountain. We sang that song. Go be like Mary and put action to your faith. Go be a blessing. Go serve. Go be someone who multiplies the blessing, right? You have been blessed to be a blessing. That is all throughout Scripture. That's how God did everything from Adam and Eve to Abraham to the nation of Israel. He just kept saying, I chose you. I chose you from all these people to bless you so that you could be a blessing to the nations. All right, I picked 12 men and I invested in you for three years and I blessed you. All right, now I'm leaving and it's all up to you to be a blessing to the nations, right? He chose you. He's speaking to you this morning. He's saying you are his highly favored one. He's with you. And then the fullness of God lives inside of you. And he wants you to experience the fullness of all of who he is. And it's not just for yourself. It's for all people. It's good news for all men, for all people, for all generations. So I encourage you this morning. What is the Holy Spirit saying to you? As we're wrapping up this message. Christ in you begins with favor. 
Christ in you brings fullness, but Christ in you requires faith. It requires action. It requires you to do something. Would you close your eyes and just, let's spend a moment with the Lord. Jesus, I just thank you that this Christmas story is not just a fairy tale. It's not just a, a, a fuzzy, warm story I tell my kids on Christmas morning. It's the truth. It's the gospel that you chose this young, more than likely poor teenage girl. Maybe she felt like she was the least among all the tribes like Gideon, but you chose her and you invested into her. And God, you're doing the same thing this morning. There's some of us that are hearing your words this morning where we don't feel like we're worthy. In my mind, I don't understand why you would think you would choose me. But God, by faith, I choose to receive your words. I confess with my mouth that I am highly favored. In fact, would you say that with me? I am highly favored. The Lord is with me. The Lord has blessed me. The fullness of God lives and dwells in me. And by faith, I will rise up and I will be the man and the woman and the son and the daughter of God that you have called me to be. I will wear this badge with honor that I am yours and you are mine. That I am a co-heir with Christ. I don't deserve it. But God, I receive by faith your favor on my life. Jesus, we love you. Thank you for the very best gift we could ever ask for. Salvation. We love you. And we give you all the praise. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen, amen. Well, if you made that prayer for the first time or you regave your life to Christ, man, I would love for you to reach out. Let me know. That's way more important than filling out my uh, fill-in-the-blank sermon questionnaire. Uh, love you guys. I pray that you had a great Christmas. pray that you enjoy the rest of your week. And I will see you next Sunday for our New Year's uh, family communion service. And uh, I love you guys. pray that you have a great Christmas. And I'll talk to you soon.